Simchas Torah is the last step in the whole progression of Yom Tov. Began with Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and at the very end we come to Simchas Torah. And we understand that in Klai Yisrael, when we see a pattern, it doesn't just uh, follow step by step and fizzle to an end. What we want to see is a progression which rises to its zenith at the end. It reaches its highest point. And if that's the case, we have to look at San Chostara as the culmination of the avoid of Rosh Hashanah in Yom Kippur and Sukkot. So let's understand this. How does each one connect to the other? How do they all fall into place, so to speak, as they build rungs on the ladder of what Chodesh Tishrei is meant to bring us to? So I think that the best way to see the step-by-step process over here is to learn a mission in Pirkei which accurately describes each of these chagim. And the mission says it's the mission of Rabbi Akiva, who Omer here used to say. And the mission tells us three things that Rabbi Akiva says. Firstly, it says Chaviv Adam Shnevra B'Tzalim. A human being is Chaviv, is beloved, is special, because he's created B'Tzalim. It's created in a way similar to Hashem. A person is created B'Tzalem Elokim. That's the first level. The second level. Chavivin Yisrael. Kla Yisrael are beloved. Kla Yisrael is special. Shenikru banim lamakam. Because I call the children of Hashem. So there's an advantage to be calling, being called the son of Hashem, the child of Hashem, more than the fact that we were created with Salem Elakim. And the third stage, Chavivin Yisrael, Shenitzelim Kli Chemda, Kla Yisrael beloved, Kla Yisrael special, because they were given a tremendously valuable gift. And then we meant to understand that this is a level of uniqueness even more than the fact that we were born in the Makkah. They were given this tremendously special gift. And that's the Torah. And okay, so let's learn this Mishnah. What does it mean when we say that we were created with Salam Elokim? We've learned the Nefesh Shachayim. We explained to us that it's not talking about the physical resemblance between Hashem and a person because there isn't one, Hashem is not physical. What it's referring to is the fact that a person's actions, the person's maisim, have a spiritual effect in Shemaim. Selim Elokim means just like Hashem is the Elokim, the Baal HaKoyches Kurum, 
Same thing Hashem gave the person the ability that his maizim, what he does, connects his body to his neshama, to the highest reaches of, of Shemayim. And therefore he also has koiches. And you can also do things. And what a person does has cosmic reverberations. What a person talks or thinks, says or thinks shakes the heavens. That's the implication of Tzalem An animal can do and there's nothing which happens besides for the immediate physical result of an animal's activity. A person can do and it's going to have an effect on a higher level. Nevesh Chaim goes further. He explains what Klai Yisrael do has an even more of an effect. Compared to, he says, Nevesh Chaim, that the effect in Shemaim, which was brought about by Titus, or by Nebuchadnezzar when they destroyed the two Bata Mikdash, is minimal compared to the effect that a Jew does in Shemaim when he does something wrong. That's what it means, Tzalem Elokim. And when's the day when we focus on the person's ability to have such tremendous influence, to cause such an enormous impact? This is Rosh Hashanah. This is Yom Adin. This is what we're being judged for. We need to understand that Din isn't just on looking at the Maisa, what did we do? That we can see maybe. What did we do? We forgot to say a bracha. We say Hashem's name for nothing. We spoke Rosh Hashanah. Or on the positive side, we learned Torah, we gave mental stock. We can see that. But what's being judged is a second point also. And that is the tremendous difference every act made in Shemaim. And that we aren't privy to. That right now we can't see. But if Hashem's judging a person, so Hashem's judging him, not just by the actions he did, but by what he brought about, by the fact of his mason. And therefore the dinner of Rosh Hashanah is in a way a celebration of the power that a person has. Animals don't get judged. There's no heavenly, so to speak, nafkamina, difference from an animal's actions. A lion can eat a man, the lion's not a retzach. It's true, you killed somebody here. But there's no effect in Shemaim for that. What a person does, it affects everything. And therefore, when a person gets judged, it's because of his distinction. That his mason, that his thoughts, that his words, carry such weight. Have such a power within them. And that's the concept of Rosh Hashanah. Chaviv Adam Shendivra B'Tzela And that's why the punishment isn't just for the Maisa, but for the destruction wreaked by the Maisa. The reward isn't just for the Mitzvah, but the tremendous benefits that have been brought about through that Mitzvah. And everybody gets judged. The whole world, all men, all men, every nation, not just the Jewish people, because to a lesser extent, 
their actions also have an effect. That's Rosh Hashanah. We come to the second part of the Mishnah. Chaviv and Yisrael shenikru banim lamaka. Chaviv and Yisrael shenikru banim lamaka. Klai Yisrael are special. Klai Yisrael are beloved because we are the children of Hashem. What does that mean? If it, the fact that we are created by Hashem, then every ant, every fish, every blade of grass should be a child of Hashem. Hashem created all of it. What it means is not just that we were made by Hashem. What it means is that Hashem relates to us like children. And what's unique about the way you relate to a child? I want to tell you a story. It's a famous story. A story of Rechaim Shulevitz. The legendary Mira Shashiva. And the story goes that every year on Erev Yom Kippur, Reb Chaim used to want to go in Daven. Where? At a place just outside the walls of the old city called Yad of Shalom. For those of you not familiar with the story, Yad of Shalom is not even a burial place. It was a monument. It was a monument built by David HaMelech's son of Shalom. And what was unique about Avshalom? If there was ever a son who didn't deserve to be called the son, Avshalom would be our best candidate. Avshalom was responsible single-handedly for turning the Jewish people against his father, King David. He turned the Sanhedrin against his father. He turned the army against his father. As a result, David Melech had to flee Yerushalayim with just a very few close friends, barefoot, with nothing, and run for his life because his own son of Shalom, besides usurping the throne, was conspiring to kill him. And eventually, when it got to the battle of David's forces to defend themselves against Avshalom, who brought the whole Jewish army to attack their former king, David Amalek, David's final instruction to his generals, La'atli benar Avshalom. Fight the battle, but spare Avshalom. And when they didn't obey him, and they were victorious, but they killed Avshalom, David saw there's a tremendous tragedy. Instead of greeting the victorious troops, he goes to cry, Beni, Beni, Avshalom, Beni, Beni, Avshalom. My son, my son, Avshalom. Instead of Chaim Shmulevet. But that's the place he wants to go in Davin and Erev Kippur. Because what we learn from the story of Avshalom is that a son, even a son as bad as Avshalom, even a son who rebels against his own father like Avshalom did, 
ולסתור לסן. סיפר אפל סטורי ודעת סיזקי לקרח אבי מקפה. וקרח אבי מקפה זה קרח צודית שבע. וקרח זה קמהר מגן. It's only extended to the Jewish people. Rav Kippur is not there for going. In fact, when the Gemara says that a guy who keeps Shabbos is Chayav Misa, the Pais can be learned that it applies to Rav Kippur as well. That if a guy would keep Rav Kippur, he's not doing anything good about it. You have to be Chayav Misa for that. Rav Kippur is only extended to Jews. Because the Hanhoga of Rav Kippur is the Hanhoga of a father to his sons. And the Gemara says this. The Gemara condition is an argument. If Klaish are only called Bonim Namokim, Klaish are only called sons of Hashem, when we do what Hashem wants, or Klaish are even called sons of Hashem when we disobey Hashem. Wayward sons, errant sons, but sons nevertheless. And that's the shit that the Gemara ends with. Whether like this or like that, whether they're Siddiquim or Hashem, they're still called sons. The Apostle says, Bonim Mashchisim, destructive, but they're sons. And the Hanhog of a son is that the father is always willing to accept back his son. However far he's gone, however low he's fallen, Yom Kippur is an opportunity to come back. Because Chaviv in Yisrael Shinikru Bonim Lamakam. Klai Yisrael Achaviv. Klai Yisrael Beloved, they're sons of Hashem. And for a son, the door is never locked. Your kip is available to everybody. That's the second stage in the Mishnah. And that's the, that's the power, that's the beauty. That's the Chavivus of Yom Kippur. That reveals the relationship we have with Hashem every sons. And the truth is, Sukkot is a continuation of the same theme. If the idea of Sukkot is the fact we're sitting surrounded in Hashem's embrace, so to speak, the walls, the seating, the schach, are meant to remind us of Anani HaKavad, how Hashem guided us and guarded us. And that's the same in Haga, of a father looking after his sons. And eventually it brings us to Simchus Torah. This is the third stage in the mission. Chaviv in Yisrael, Shenitelem Kli Chemda, Klai Yisrael are chaviv. Klai Yisrael are precious. Special. Beloved. Because they were given a kli chemda. You know, we celebrate the Torah on Shavos. We celebrate the Torah on, on Simchus Torah. What's the difference? So Chazal give a marshal. I'm just going to adapt the marshal to make it more in today's terms. But the message is exactly the same. And the marshal is, we have a bacha who's living in yeshiva. He's staging, he's growing. And the yeshiva calls him over. And he says, I see you're really a ben You're somebody who's slated for future greatness. I'd like to offer you to be my son and I'd like to offer you to marry my daughter. And how would the bacha feel? Wow. What a schus. What an opportunity. Of course, what's the question? You jump for the chance to marry the Shiva's daughter. And so, 
he gets married. And a few months later, the new son-in-law comes to the Shashiv, his father-in-law, and he says, I want to make another Shiva Brachas. Another Shiva Brachas, my hi. What's going on? So he explains. And he says, you should not. A few months ago, when you got married, you offered me the chance to, so to speak, marry your daughter. I was over the moon. I grabbed the opportunity and I was deliriously happy. But the truth is, I didn't really know your daughter so well. I got married because it was a way to become part of your family. I was sure that she was a wonderful person, but I didn't know her so well. Now, a few months have gone by. Now I've gotten to know her a bit better. So now I see really I should celebrate marrying her too. So I want to make another celebration. Says the Midrash. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to Klai Yisrael and Hasinah and he said, Klai Yisrael, I'm offering you an opportunity. You can take my Torah and make a bris, make a covenant with me, Hashem, to be the Amskuna, the, the treasured nation, to be Mamlechas Kainim. And Klai Yisrael grabbed it. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what's the question? Whatever you tell us, whatever it is, we're grabbing it. Who would waste? Who would lose such a chance? And I'm at Torah. Of course, we were happy, but we hadn't yet seen the Torah. It hadn't even given to us. We didn't even know what it was. But that's irrelevant. It's a chance. If that's what is needed to make a covenant with Hashem. Nice of Nishma. We're ready and waiting. So yes, there's a celebration of Shavuos. The celebration of Shavuos wasn't on the Torah because we didn't know what that was yet. The celebration of Shavuos was we can make a bris with Hashem. And Hashem wants to give us this Torah, whatever it is, it's tremendously valuable, that's what we want. It's only comes in Torah. When we've gotten a little bit to another Torah, to some level, to some extent, we've gone through it. To some level, to some extent, we know a little bit of what Torah is. And now we come to appreciate Torah. Now we want to make a new celebration. Not just the fact that this is the way to connect to Hashem. The Torah in its own right is precious. The Torah in its own right is valuable. We want to celebrate the Torah. That's the idea of Simchus Torah. When we celebrate the Nitan Lalakli Chemdo, we celebrate a little bit, uh, as much as we understand, the value of what we were given. This isn't Shavuot, this is a separate celebration. We see how fortunate we were, how fortunate we are. We were given the Torah. So we've explained the mission. But now we need to see a progression. What makes each stage greater than the one before it? Each one is the Chavivus. The fact that a person's mason can affect Shemayim Varetz is of tremendous importance. The fact that we consider sons of Hashem and He's always open to take us back is tremendous importance. The fact that He gave us a Torah is tremendous importance. Where do we see a progression that the one is greater than the other? So let's explain it. Let's start with a, a very simple motion. A very simple idea to explain the point. 
And the marshal is, let's say, you have a man, a successful businessman, he's a CEO of a company. And uh, his son gets to the age where he needs a parnasa. So the father wants him to help his son. He wants to give him a job. He wants to bring him to the company. That way he should also get a parnasa from it. What job is he going to give him? You could get the case. The father says, listen, I'm giving you a job in the company. Your job is to open the mail, to make coffee, schedule in the appointments, be some kind of a glorified secretary. Don't worry, I'll pay for it. I'll get a salary. Or you get to the father. He says, listen, I want to make you part of the company. I'm giving you a certain area. This is going to be your job. Your achrais. Your responsibility. How much? How much is that going to be? Is it a very small, so to speak, side down in the bigger picture? Or is it something more important to the running of the, of the company? And let's say the father is told this time, listen, I want to bring you to the business. I'm going to make you the CEO. I'm going to make you in charge of the company. So in each case, the father is bringing his son and making him part of the business. In each case, he's paying him salary for doing that. The difference between the examples is how much, so to speak, authority, how much control is the father prepared to relinquish and give his son to take over? How much does he trust him? How much does he trust him? How much is he going to leave up to him to do? That's the shear, that's the measure of the Chavivos. Of how important someone is to you. How beloved they are is how much you prepare to give up, so to speak, and let them take control of. And here we see, see three stages. Stage number one. When Hashem creates the world, it's a perfect world. And everything is running the way it's meant to run. And it's into that perfect world, where everything is the way exactly Hashem wanted to be, He brings Adam Arisham. He brings man. And like the major says, he says to man, Make sure you don't ruin my world. Because a person has the ability to ruin the world. A person's actions, if they're bad, will destroy the world. A person's decisions, if they're wrong, will send the world on the wrong track. And this is what happened. It happened by the sin of Adam. And the world changed dramatically from what it was before to what it was after. It happened in the door of Noach, where the cumulative sins of the world didn't cause it to get destroyed. And you might not see it as graphically today. But every maaseh we do affects the world. Every choice we make changes the way Hashem now is going to respond. Changes the path the world is going to take. And therefore, if we're looking at as a measure of chavivus, we're looking at the measure of love, of importance together that Hashem gives people, look how much is prepared to entrust to the person.
how much ability, how much kayak he's given the person to dramatically alter the course the world's taking, to dramatically affect what the world is. And therefore, studying Rosh Hashanah, the concept that a person's actions have effects, the concept of being judged because it makes a big difference what we do, is really, if you understand it deeply, a study of seeing Chavi for Adam. How much authority Hashem is prepared to entrust to a person? The whole world, which was originally so beautiful and so pure and so perfect, is given to the hands of people. And it's leaving it up to them. If they're going to maintain that perfection or they're going to study it. And they're going to contaminate it. So in that ability that Hashem is invested in a person, that's one level where we see the tremendous chaviv, the tremendous affection Hashem has for people. But there's a level even greater than this. And Rosh Hashanah shows us how Hashem is prepared to entrust the world into the hands of people as even in a higher level. And that's the Sipasuk. In the Shai it says, it's true that Hashem, you're a God who hides Himself. The God of Israel who saves them. Hashem created the world and His intention was that the world should run as if Hashem doesn't show His involvement in it. It's as if He's acting behind the scenes. He's Nistatir. He conceals Himself. In a normal day-to-day creation, we don't see glaringly obvious miracles. We don't see changes in the natural order Hashem creates. That's what Hashem prefers. In this world of concealment, to be a kel mistate. A kel, the force, the power, but which is hidden. But when does Hashem do other miracles? When does Hashem intervene and change nature? Only for one reason. When Klai Yisrael are being threatened. And that's the only way to protect Klai Yisrael, to save Klai Yisrael. Then, that's more important than Hashem maintaining, so to speak, the facade of a world which is uninvolved in. Then you see Hashem's clear salvation and the clear Israel and Hashem is acting in the capacity of the Savior of Klai Israel then he comes across as the Mashiach obviously undeniably by Mitzrayim by Hanukkah by many other nisim we have recorded and if the situation warranted it the Nakhodesh Baruch was prepared to abandon his normal Mahalach And is prepared to reveal himself openly, so to speak, for the benefit of Klai Israel. Really, this is Yom Kippur. It's a day like no other. We have the normal Mahalach of the year. Then we have a once opportunity. That we can be different. 
we're going to elevate it to a different place where we are the rest of the year. This is circus. We sit in the miraculous circus and we learn this lesson. The Rakadish Baruch Hu is physically showing his protection for the Jewish people. And this is the second level of Chavivos. Not only is Hashem prepared to give the world, so to speak, to people, to change, to affect, Hashem is prepared to change His way of acting. Hashem is prepared to change His Hanhaga. It was for the benefit of Klai Yisrael. That's a high level of Chavivos. Chaviv in Yisrael, Shalikru Banim Lamakam. And if that's the case, when HaKadosh Baruch is coming to save his sons, HaKadosh Baruch is prepared to change even the way he wants to run the world. But the greatest Chavivos is the Chaviv in Yisrael Shnitlein Klichemda. How beloved Klaishvara, how special that they were given the Torah. Why? Because like Chazal tell us, this is brought down in the Mechal, it's brought down in the Rachaim, it's brought down in the Rizal. When Hashem gave us the Torah, so since the Torah was the blueprint for creation, when Hashem gave us the Torah, He gave us the keys to the whole creation. It's all in our hands. The Farshim explained, and how could it be that when Moshe Rabbeinu wants to split the sea, that's a tremendous nice and he has to dive in and has to come to a level where Klai Yisrael will cry out. And eventually, 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 the, the sea splits and Klai Yisrael escape to safety. And we have a Gemara in Chur and Davzayin, and Rafinchas ben Yair wants to cross the Ginai River, in order to do a mitzvah. And there's no big fanfare. He says to the river split, I'm going to dry you up. And the river split. <coughs> why was Chris Yamsov so much more dramatic than that? And the Rashi Mountains and the Arachim says the same thing. It's because Chris Yamsov happened before Matan and at that stage, the keys to the Bria were still by Hashem. And therefore, we had to dive into the level that Hashem was prepared to do a miracle. Whereas after Matan Torah, once we've received the Torah, so the Bria is in our hands. The world is up to us. This is either, like we said, in the Mashallah for HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes us in charge of the business. That's the Kli Chemda. The Kli with which heaven and earth are created. The whole breeze given to us. And that's an even greater Chavivos. So when we come to celebrating Chostaira, we're celebrating a culmination, a zenith of our appreciation for our Kaddish Baruch's affection. What we began in Rosh Hashanah when we saw how precious we are to Hashem, how much invested in each of our actions, and we saw more Yom Kippur, 
But Hashem is prepared to change the world in order to forgive us, in order to look after us. That's the measure of His affection for us. We see to the highest degree, to the greatest degree in Sinchasera, that the whole world is given to us. When you have the Torah, it's Kiddo Hashem said, I gave you everything. That's how far His love for Klayashor goes. Our avoid of Simchus Torah. Our avoid of Shmini Atzeris. We're going to rejoice with you, Hashem. Just to rejoice in understanding of the Chavivus, of the love and the affection that we've learned, that Hashem has for us throughout the month of Tishrei, but culminating in the greatest affection. That's from Hezra when he gives us the tariff.